podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Cop Table Podcast. I am Gav, standing in for your regular host, Peter Phillips, tonight. Um, this game, or this game this weekend, thank God it's on, because the international break feels like it's about six months long. But this game this weekend is uh, Liverpool v Newcastle at Anfield, 12.30 on Saturday. Uh, with me, I have regular uh, contributor to this, uh, Jay Riley. Jay, how are you? Yeah, quite good. You know, I'm looking forward to the real football now. It's... Never great, is it? International break, you just want your players to come back safe and sound and, you know, no injuries and it's all systems going out for this game on Saturday against Newcastle. Absolutely. And the Newcastle side of it this this time will be covered by John Richardson. John, how are you? I'm very well, except I would like the international week to just go on one more week. <laughs> yeah, I get the feeling you're not looking forward to this trip to Anfield no, on Saturday, John. But we when, were... when you look at the record, no. Yeah, and um, yeah, when we get into a bit more, you might look you might look less forward to it uh, when we finish this as well. But uh, John, I, I'll stay with you. Um, Newcastle uh, four points from the first four games, if, I, if I'm correct, uh, lost to yes, Arsenal. A loss at Norwich, a win at Spurs, and a defeat, or a draw last time at home to bottom side Wofford. Um, John, I just, you know, the form, you know, it's a new manager in place. He's brought in a couple of players, but are Newcastle still down in the doldrums over the, over the departure of Rafa Benitez? Yeah, I'm afraid so. And the fans, you know, most of them won't accept Steve Bruce. It's not Steve Bruce's fault. Anybody coming in after Rafa would have a problem because obviously their argument, their war, if you like, is with the owner, Mike Ashley. And there was hopes that Ashley was going to finally sell in the summer. That didn't happen. Uh, you know, we've been down this road before. So there's, you know, dejection, disappointment. And so the season has started off badly. And of course, they lost Rafa, who was their king. Uh, Steve took up the cudgels. Um, to be fair, he's, he's, I mean, uh, last season, uh, I don't think Newcastle won for the first 11 games, you know, so at least Steve's won a game. But I'm afraid, you know, it's, he's, he's going to be judged always against what Rafa did. And Rafa was the miracle worker at Newcastle, you know, keeping him up against all the odds. And the feeling is this time that Steve Bruce, you know, won't be able to do that. So, they go to Liverpool with trepidation, basically. Um, OK, they won at Tottenham. A lot of people thought that was a bit of a fluke. Spurs missed a load of chances. But credit to Newcastle. You know, they did pick up three points there, which could prove very important. But I'm afraid, uh, you know, they're on a hiding to nothing, basically. Is the squad, John, weaker than it was last season? 
Um, it's about the same, except they've, they've had a, a terrible run of injuries. You know, they signed the Alan San Maximin, um, the winger. He's only played a few minutes and he's out till October with a hamstring. Andy Carroll, as you know, has, has gone back to Newcastle. He's not fit yet. Dwight Gale, who came back off loan from West Brom, he's injured. Matt Ritchie, who's been one of their best players over the last two or three years, he's out for a couple of months after that horror tackle from Shoudhury, you know, in the, the Leicester game. And Durandri uh, Yedlin, the fullback, is only just coming back. So in fairness, they've, they've, they've had, had a catalogue of injuries. Um, that they've brought in Joe Linton for 40 million, the, the striker. Um, the jury's out on him. Um, so I, I think the squad is about the same, but I'm afraid with injuries, you know, they, they can't withstand that. Yeah, I suppose with injuries and then no offence to Steve Bruce, but going from Rafa Benitez to Steve Bruce yeah. is another, you know, another ham, it's an, it's hamstringing them a bit more than, um, than it would Absolutely. have if Benitez yeah. was there, I suppose. Jay, um, on the other on the other side of the coin, Liverpool go into this four wins from four, um, the European Super Cup in the bag. Um, it looks like people coming back from international duty, and it's a clean bill of health. And going into Saturday, it's a chance to start the early game, and although everyone plays afterwards, it's it's a chance to, I suppose, put another win on the board and 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 put points on the board and and, and say to people, look, we're not going anywhere. Yeah, I mean Liverpool play first and it's never normally ideal, is it, playing the first game at half twelve after the international break, but with it being a game at Anfield, you know, Liverpool have got the opportunity to go five points clear before Manchester City play a half five away to Norwich and you know, even at an early stage, there's four games gone, Liverpool have won all four games, you know, look quite impressive really in all of the games, haven't they? Um you know, it was a great victory against Burnley, you know, 3-0 going there, Turf more, not an easy place to go. I did say on the last podcast, I thought we might have slipped up there and end up looking a bit silly because we put in a fantastic performance. Oh, I, I remember that, Jay, you don't worry about yeah, that. Yeah, you certainly <laughs> do remember it. <laughs> but, um, you know, thankfully we got the three points and maximum four out of four and, you know, going into this Newcastle game now, the tails are obviously going to be up, we could go five points clear and, you know, even at an early stage, it puts a little bit of pressure on City. I mean, I fully expect City to beat Norwich, but you just don't know, do you, in football? And Liverpool against Newcastle, it's a, it's a massive game for us to, to make it five points clear at the top. And, you know, we're all confident going into the game. The only probably issues we've got is Firmino and Fabinho have got the, the long trek, haven't they, from South America? But they did play the early hours on Wednesday morning, so... You know, there still shouldn't be any excuses there. It doesn't look like we've got any other injuries at all. Um, you know, the likes of Salah and Mane have had a couple of weeks break, really, haven't they? Because the African team's never played in this international break, so you know they should be refreshed as well. So you know, no complaints from Liverpool, and looking forward to the game. John, I did, I wasn't aware of um, the, the amount of injuries Newcastle had. I'm not going to pretend I watch Newcastle every week or pay them a hell of a lot of attention. I did when Benitez. You're very lucky, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> to be honest, um, I watched them. I watched the highlights against Spurs, and they seemed to score and sit back and and done quite well. And they had to do quite well, considering you know who they were up against to get that win. But I suppose looking at those injuries, you know, Steve Bruce trying to bed himself into that club, um, a bit of a mixed match of players because of of the people that are missing. What way do you see them approaching Anfield? You know. This, this Saturday because with a full squad they may approach it defensively but be really you know compact like Benitez did and 
you know, have a plan to go forward. But can you see this just being a rearguard action on Saturday? Is that could that well, be the, the approach from, from minute one? Well, 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 Steve Bruce usually, well, he, he started with three central defenders, so there's no reason why he's going to change that at Liverpool with uh, virtually five at the back. And then a couple of, you know, sitting midfielders, probably Sean Longstaff and uh, Hayden. And then he will probably, he will probably play Almir and Joe Linton, you know, two strikers, you know, to, to put some pressure on Liverpool. But, but really it's going to be a rear guard action. I mean, you look at uh, the record. I mean, Liverpool unbeaten in the last 23 league games against Newcastle at Anfield. You know, it, it, it goes back to 1974. So really, the odds are stacked against them in any case. You know, I've seen some fantastic games there, as Jay has over the years. You know, the four threes, which, you know, one of them killed Newcastle's chances of winning the league. Those in the, the golden era of Kevin Keegan. Those, you know, those days are long gone, I'm afraid. It's, it's really a struggle to stay up from day one, which the Newcastle fans don't accept because, you know, somebody, some people think they're a little bit too expectant, but, all they want is a decent side to watch. They, they know they're not going to win the league. They know that they're probably not going to get in the top six. But they do expect a side that can, you know, finish halfway and maybe have a, you know, a good cup run. But I'm afraid that's not even happening. And, and so from day one, it's a struggle to survive. And also, this is play, being played against the backdrop of, you know, a rebellion in many respects from the Toon Army. You know, a lot of fans are not turning up for home games. The next home game against Brighton, there's, you know, there's going to be a protest with, you know, people being asked to stay away. So it's not the ideal situation, is it, to try and win football matches? And, uh, you know, they come to Liverpool's side who are banging form. I covered their game at Burnley the other week for, you know, the newspaper. And, you know, as Jay knows, they're very impressive. And, you know, nothing looks like stopping them at the moment. So I'm afraid Newcastle, as I say, gather on a hiding to nothing. Yeah, listen, it's hard to, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a very positive Liverpool fan and, but I, I never really go into games going, we'd absolutely bash this. I like, you know, I would take certain aspects of teams and say you never, you can't be complacent against any team in the league. Um, but the way you were speaking there, the injuries are piling up, the fans aren't happy. You know, the, the owner, but listen, I'm not going into the owner. I don't think he deserves to, I don't think he deserves time on this show, to be honest with you. That's how low I think of him. But, um, yeah. I, and I don't think Newcastle fans are too expectant. They're a one city, they're a one team city, you know, that kind of way. They have a massive stadium up there. They have a massive vocal, boisterous support. Um, and, and they're in, they're in an era now where every Premier League team is walking around with a hundred million quid in their pocket, uh, every summer, you know, from, from TV money. So to, I don't think, you know, saying any Premier League uh, supporter is over-expectant of their club and that sort of money is washing around doesn't really wash with me, to be honest with you. But I, I get where you're coming from and, and I see I see what you're trying to say with regards to hiding to nothing because they are, for me, facing the best team in Europe. Um, yeah. And that's, well, yeah, you know, absolutely. And that's, absolutely. Without, that's without bias. I think we are the best team in Europe. And, and, and that's not because we're walking around with, with the sixth European Cup. I genuinely believe we are the best. Um, Jay... You've heard about you've heard John say about Newcastle's approach there. What's their approach? Do do because I've heard people say, "Oh, rest this and rest this person and rest that person and maybe switch system and try this and try that." I'm of the opinion, Jay, that you try nothing. You go and do what you're meant to do and what you're expected to do and what you've been doing because we can't afford we can't probably afford to drop ten points in the league this season. 
Yeah, I mean, I think people are probably talking about that purely because we've got a Champions League game against Napoli, haven't we, a couple of days later on the Tuesday. And that's obviously going to be a very difficult game because they beat us last season in the group stage and you know they're a very good side. But I just think what I said to you before about the likes of Salah and Mane have, have had a rest, they've had a break, so there's no reason whatsoever why they shouldn't start the game. The only one for me that potentially you could argue might be on the bench would be Firmino in the sense that Oregi could get a start in this game because he did start the first game of the season against Norwich, didn't he? And, you know, I know that was down to the fact that Mane would just return from, obviously, the tournament with Senegal because he got to the final of the African Nations and he hadn't really been back in training for very long. So he's the only one potentially, maybe Oregi for Firmino. But other than that, there's, there's no real reason to change anything, is there, when you, when you consider since Alexander-Arnold played one game for England, but there's no reason why he shouldn't be at right-back. You know, Andy Robertson played for Scotland, but again, you know, there's no reason why he shouldn't be the left-back and centre-half pair, and you'd say Virgil van Dijk and Matip, because Matip doesn't go away with Cameroon, so there's no reason why he shouldn't start the game either. The middle of the park, as we always touch on, that's the dilemma really, isn't it? Because there's about, say, six players to choose from in the midfield area, but... Fabinho is just so good. He's an absolute monster of a player, and I know it's coming up against a Newcastle side that are struggling. And you might think, well, what's the need to have Fabinho, a defensive midfield player, playing there? You could probably go with Henderson there, or maybe even Lallana. But I just think Fabinho is not just about being a defensive midfield player. He adds to the, the dynamics of how Liverpool play. He sets the tempo in the sense of, I wouldn't say it's anything to do with his passing range. It's just that he's an absolute monster of a midfield player and he sets the tone with tackles and positional sense is incredible and his link play is superb as well, I think. You know, setting attacks up, not quite in the mould of someone like a Xabi Alonso. I don't mean that. I just mean his presence on the pitch in the middle of the park is massive to Liverpool and it sets the tone really and, there's no reason why he shouldn't start the game because he only came off the bench for Brazil in midweek and I think he played, what, 25 minutes or something. So to me, I think he should start the game as well. And then it's just who else goes in there because Shaqiri didn't play for Switzerland, did he? He didn't go away with the international team because he wants to concentrate on, you know, his Liverpool situation. And, you know, some might say he might get a start because he's been training at Melbourne, hasn't he, while the international break's been on. But, I don't know. I mean, I just don't think there's any real reason to change it because Wijnaldum looked good in international, the international break for Holland. He scored in both games, didn't he? So he's obviously confident at the moment. So there's no reason why he shouldn't start the game. So it's going to be interesting, but why change the shape of the team? Just go with your normal 4-3-3, the tried and trusted method. Yeah, listen, I've heard 4-2-3-1 mentioned, um, some sort of hybrid of 4-4-2 mentioned. <clears throat> obviously, the 4-3-3 is the preferred formation for Liverpool I'm not against listen I've, I've complete trust in this squad whether it be you know a Shaqiri to come in or, or an Origi to come in or maybe if Fabinho comes out and you can bring an Oxley chamberlain in and shift things around whether it's Gomez there or Matip you know I, I am Milner even going to left back if Robertson needs a rest I've no issue with that I just don't want us to think that this is a game where oh we can try a we can we can treat it as a as a nearly a pre-season game or a game to drill ourselves in a different formation we need to be ruthless in what we're doing so for me I think go with your 4-3-3 and if you want to make one or two changes absolutely yeah I suppose Napoli comes Tuesday next week so you have to bring that into consideration as well John um, 
you, you, you travel to Anfield on, on Saturday morning, um, as I said, four points from the first, you know, four games. Um, you see the Watford manager there get sacked during the week and they replace him about eight minutes later. Um, yeah. but, but <laughs> do you think it could get to a stage? And I, I don't, I'm not wishing this on Newcastle. I'm just trying to look, look ahead, you know, with the injuries you're talking about, the form they're in and stuff. If, if they get 10 or 12 games in, John, and they've, they've, Two wins and two draws from twelve games. Is there a chance Steve Bruce could see the, the exit door early, or is it a case of Ashley is he's the man Ashley wanted and maybe he's doing as Ashley says and and all's rosy in that garden? So the football is secondary. Well, obviously, I, I speak to people in my job, you know, close to uh, the team, and uh, I can tell you, Gav, that uh, Steve Bruce is completely safe, you know, as as far as the boardroom's concerned. But I'm afraid, you know, if the results do go against them, then the pressure mounts up from the stands, doesn't it? You know, the fans, as I said to you earlier, are in a rebellious mood. And so Steve Bruce will get it in the neck. Now, I know Steve well. He's been round the, you know, garden a few times. Um, he's tough. He'll just put up with it. But you do, you do wonder if it gets very toxic what would happen. Because, you know, it's it's not a very nice place, is it, when you're losing football matches and the manager's under pressure straight away because, you know, he's not he's not Rafa Benitez. So, yeah, there the, the could be problems ahead. But as far as Mike Ashley's concerned, he will stick with Steve Bruce unless, unless we get to February, March, and it looks like Newcastle might lose their Premier League status, then a change would be made. Because, obviously, Ashley still wants to sell the club. And uh, if they drop into the championship, then I'm afraid the the asking price will be well probably halved. You know, he's after 350 million at the moment. Well, he'd be lucky to get 200 million for a club in the championship. So there is that to consider. But at the moment, as we speak now, Steve Bruce is is safe. I'm I'm very surprised. Um, he stayed at Newcastle that long, Mike. Actually, I think 350 million. Uh, you know he's going to make his money when he'll make money on that. I presume when if he got that sort of fee, he will make money on what he what he got the club for. Um, and as I said, the structures in place in the Premier League for TV money, prize money, just yeah. you know, just to, to, to be calling yourself a Premier League team. You know, you, you see the, the numbers that come out every year, and you know, Burnley are earning more money than fucking yeah. Atletico Madrid or something along them lines. It's it's crazy. Um, well, well, Hud- well, Huddersfield Town, who as you know were relegated. Yeah. They they uh, received ninety six million in TV money. Mm. Well, there you go. You know, it's, there you go. So that's that says it all, doesn't it? Absolutely. And I suppose Mike actually can look at this and go, I'll just keep this train going along, and I'll keep raking in all that money. And if someone gives me, he he's he's not losing money, so he's not. In no, any he's not rush, losing. You know, money, so his team his team keeps hitting the buffers. Yeah, and and that's, for me, for me. Looking at a club of Newcastle and, and the stature of Newcastle, the infrastructure that you have there with the stadium and, and the fans and, and, and everything else, I can't for the life of me understand how nobody has come in and give that sort of money. I really no. can't. Because if you look, Liverpool in 2010 went for around £300 million and the, yeah. the, and the money in the game was nowhere near what it is now. You know, so it's, it's, it's a bit, it's a bit strange to me why nobody's come in and, and kind no. of just picked that club up. It's funny you say that because talking to somebody close to Liverpool about 12 months ago, um, this person was sort of finding out how much Liverpool were worth, you know, because there was talk of them selling, although, you know, nothing has happened. And somebody said, oh, uh, you would have to pay almost two billion for Liverpool. 
So this guy says, you know, you're interested in Liverpool. Oh, not at that. Well, you can have Newcastle, you know, for about 300, 350 million. Oh, no, we don't want that. We're in Newcastle. It's up in the northeast. So quite often it's a ge- geographical yeah, thing. absolutely, yeah. You know, people want London clubs first, and then after that it's it's Liverpool and Manchester. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it is a thing. You see players move because they like the lifestyle in London and stuff like that. Yeah. So it can it has happened to Liverpool looking for players, and, and they've gone to London because, uh, you know, the bright lights of, I don't know, Trafalgar Square or something that's meant to be great. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but... You know, Jay, look, looking forward, I suppose, and, and getting down to it, we, we've discussed rotation and different that. But pick me a team. Pick me a team for Saturday morning, Jay, or Saturday, early Saturday afternoon. Yeah, well, I think Adrian will be in goal because Alisson's still not right. Is he to the turn yet? And then the full-backs, as I say, it's got to be Trent Alexander-Arnold and also Andy Robertson for me because they offer us so much, don't they, in terms of Liverpool are rel- like reliant on, on the width that they provide from the full-back areas. Um, and then centre half's got to be Matip and Van Dijk because they've been great together, haven't they? You know, even the back end of last season when Joe Gomez done well at the start of last season, but then got the injury and Matip hasn't looked back since. He's been superb and, you know, I feel a bit sorry for Joe Gomez, but he just hasn't really recovered to the heights of what we, he was last season. And when he's been given an opportunity to play, he's looked a little bit rusty and I don't like him a full back at all in the Super Cup. He played right back and then he was left back and, really struggled I thought on the night and if you're going to play the lad he's got to play centre half but he's only young he can come again you know he's 21 years of age so no time on his, on his side but at the moment he'd have to say Joel Matt with Van Dijk in the middle of the park I said it before Fabinho even though you might say do we really need a defensive midfielder at home to Newcastle I, it doesn't matter to me I just think he's an absolute monster he sets the tone fantastic central midfield player and he has to start um, other than that, you know, the dilemma is with Henderson because he played a lot for England, didn't he, in the international break. So it's it's difficult to ask him to play three games in a week, really. So that is a position where he, he might end up being left out. I think Wijnaldum should start because the thing with Wijnaldum, he's brilliant for Holland and the internationals. And if there's ever, uh, sometimes there's a criticism of Wijnaldum, he can go missing in games, but. I think with Wijnaldum, it tends to happen more so in the away games. At Anfield, he's normally superb for me. Well-balanced footballer, left, right, strong, great energy levels, quick. I like the lads, and I think he should start. And as I say, it's just the other position in midfield that I'm a little bit unsure on. And then up front, you know, it's they've had the rest, haven't they? Salah and Mane, they should be raring to go, so they should be the, the right and left players. And then... It's whether or not Oregi gets the nod over Firmino because it's dependent on his the travelling, how he is. I mean, maybe he'll get an hour and bring Oregi on or it might go the other way where he starts Oregi for an hour and brings Bobby on for half an hour. So that's a dilemma. But, you know, I think, you know, there won't be too many changes. I can't see it. OK. And your prediction, Jay? You know what? I just think Liverpool, Newcastle's normally always got loads and loads of goals and Back end of last season, the game at St James's was a fantastic game. Liverpool won three two with a late winner by Oregi. Um, I don't think Newcastle are anywhere near to them levels now. Sadly for them, because you know losing Rafa Benitez is massive because he's such a fantastic manager as we know. And Steve Bruce, you know, he takes a lot of stick from Liverpool fans, but you know I don't think he's a bad fella. Do you know what I mean? He takes it in good heart, but. I just think he's on a hard and to not in there at Newcastle and they've lost a few players and with John saying before the amount of injuries that they've got, you've got to be looking at Liverpool, a very convincing win, so I'll go for a four nil Liverpool win. Okay. John, um 
What team do you see Newcastle bringing out on Saturday and what would your prediction be? Could they play with 12 men? Is there any chance of that? Uh, we, I'll, I'll, I'll ask. <laughs> well, obviously in goal, Dubravka, um, who's fairly decent, and there'll be um, a back three central defence of Sharp, who I think is probably their really class player. You know, he's a, he's a good centre-half, and he also scores goals, scored some great goals last season, alongside Lascelles and Dummett. And then right back or right wing back will be Emil Kraft, who is a Swedish international, signed for £5 million. That's, that's how much Newcastle pay for players in the summer. Uh, left wing back will be Jethro Willems, who's a Dutch Dutch player on loan from Eintracht Frankfurt. He's an in and out start to, to life in the Premier League. And then you look at the midfield. Now, the last against Watford, it was Hayden, Sean Longstaff and Christian Atsu. Um, I think Key, the South Korean, might come in. There's also a chance for John Joe Shelby. You know, we haven't spoken about him. You know, he's uh, a little bit lost under Steve Bruce. I mean, I think Shelby is still a very good player. He's a player who can find that decisive pass when he's, you know, in the mood. Um, up front will be Almiron, who still hasn't scored in 13 goals, but is rapid, very quick. Um, can take players on quite exciting at times and then the 40 million man Joe Linton who scored that goal at Tottenham Jury's really out on him yet but um, he's shown promise you know it's a lot of money to, to pay for somebody that uh, is not really established he you know he's not even in the Brazilian side um, but you know he, he's shown some promise and I'm afraid I'll go along with Jay I think uh, it's another bit of a hammering for Newcastle. I'll stick at 3-0. OK. For me, um, I think if Rob Hook come out with the right attitude, regardless of the 11 they put on the pitch, I can't see many changes. I think there might be one, max two changes to the team you've probably seen at Burnley. If they come out with the right attitude and apply themselves properly, um, I think they will win the game. I'm going to go with a 4-1 Liverpool win. Um, I think... We've shown at times this season when we're much better than teams that we can step off the pedal quite considerably and that could happen with Napoli coming on Tuesday. I think if we have the game won, you might see Liverpool slow to training pace after 65-70 if they can. So I'm going to go with 4-1. Uh, that's the end of the show. Um, I'd like to thank Jay for Jay and John for joining me. Um, we had a little bit of trouble with technical stuff uh, this evening, but we, we, we got through it in the end. I feel like we've bonded over that. Um, <laughs> and regardless of the result on uh, on on Saturday, we will remain friends. Um, this show is brought to you um, in association with at Liverpool. It's LFC Online. They are a, a, a Twitter account. They're on Instagram, Facebook. All your Liverpool news on there. Um, and also, I know F uh, Peter is a big uh, supporter of the No More Noise campaign in Liverpool. So I want to give them a shout out. The music tonight that we're, we're going to uh, end the show with is brought to you by the Burning Astronomers, and the song is called Man on the Moon. Enjoy, and we'll talk to you soon. Over and out. Never quite made
Simplify your federal agency's technology procurement with Connection Public Sector Solutions. Connection's dedicated account managers, commitment to exceptional customer service, and extensive catalog of federal contracts make IT purchases quick, easy, and affordable. Turn your challenges into opportunities and get rid of your technology pain points with Connection today. Learn more about what's possible with Connection Public Sector Solutions at connection.com slash fedcontracts. 
Harvard Business School Online offers a flexible and engaging way to learn vital business concepts. Our professional certificate courses are offered 100% online and can be completed on your own time. Try a free business lesson at hbsonline.info and discover how Harvard Business School Online can help you take the next step in your career. Go to hbsonline.info today. Sports Social Podcast Network.